Belgian Confession, Article 14. We believe that God created man from the dust of the earth and made and formed him in his image and likeness, good, just, and holy, able by his own will to conform in all things to the will of God. But when he was in honor, he did not understand it, did not recognize his excellence, but he subjected, subjected himself willingly to sin and consequently to the death and the curse, lending his ear to the voice of the devil. For he transgressed the commandment of life which he had received. And by his sin he separated himself from God, who was his true life, having corrupted his entire nature. So he made himself guilty and subject to physical and spiritual death, having become wicked, perverse, and corrupt in all his ways. He lost all his excellent gifts which he had received from God, and he retained none of them except for small traces which are enough to make him inexcusable. Moreover, all the light in us is turned to darkness, as the Scripture teaches us. The light shone in the darkness, and the darkness did not receive it. Here John calls men darkness. And that's a reference to John 1 verse 5. Therefore, we reject everything taught to the contrary concerning man's free will. Since man is nothing but a slave of sin, and cannot do a thing unless it's given him from heaven. For who can boast of being able to do anything good by himself? And Christ says, no one can come to the Father unless my Father who sent me draws him, who can glory in his own will when he understands that a mind of the flesh is enmity against God, who can speak of his own knowledge and view of the fact that a natural man does not understand the things of the Spirit of God. In short, who can produce a single thought, since he knows that we are not able to think a thing about ourselves, by ourselves, but that our ability is from God. And therefore what Apostle says ought rightly to stand fixed and firm. God works within us both the will and to do, according to his good pleasure. For there is no understanding nor will conforming to God's understanding and will, apart from Christ's involvement. As he teaches us when he says, without me, you can do nothing. Right, Genesis 3, title of the fall. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. The serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took off its fruit and ate and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. 
And the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. The man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. The Lord God called to the man and said to him, said to him Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, Woman who you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. The Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever, Therefore the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man, and at the east of the Garden of Eden he placed a cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way. Go to Romans chapter 3, verse 9. No one is righteous. What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all, for we have already charged all that, that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. For as it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave, they use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight since through the law comes knowledge of sin. 
Our text verse is Romans 3 verse 10. Verses 9 and 10. What then are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. None is righteous, no, not one. And that's the topic of our sermon. None is righteous, no, not one. Beloved, after you have heard, none is righteous, no, not one. Do we still say, I am good? Are we naturally good? Or are we in our hearts, in our deepest inner beings, selfish creatures? Throughout the ages, people have wondered about the basic state of human nature whether we are good or bad or cooperative or selfish. And we fought two world wars. The question, one that is central to who we are, has been tackled by theologians, philosophers, presented to the public eye through television programs, and it dominated the sleepless nights of every human being. But so many times in pastoral conversations, the question, why did it happen to me? I did not deserve this. I'm a good person. And so the Apostle Paul tells us in our Bible reading, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. What a bleak picture. Belgian Confession Article 14 teaches, Therefore we reject everything taught to the contrary concerning man's free will, since man is nothing but a slave of sin and cannot do a thing unless it's given him from heaven. We don't consist of a free will. And so Paul wanted to describe the depravity of human nature, how deep we fell in Romans 3. Verses 13 to 14, he emphasized sin and the great injustice that can be done with the tongue. There where it starts, James 4 as well, the hate of human beings against humans. Their throat is an open grave, they use their tongues to deceive. With what we say to one another, we human beings are sometimes the image of a beast who comes with an open mouth to its prey. And so Paul describes human words as the venom of dangerous snakes. Words that should proclaim love, love to God and our neighbor. Words that should proclaim peace. Proclaim death, hate, and destruction. But it was not always like that. God created us good and in his own image. Genesis 1 verse 31. We read that God saw everything he made was good. Genesis 1 verse 27, that it was according to his image. 
And so Belgian Confession, Article 14, starts with these words. We believe that God created man from the dust of the earth and made and formed him in his image and likeness. Good, just, and holy. By his own will to conform in all things to the will of God. And so Adam and Eve, our ancestors, had resemblances of the Heavenly Father goodness, righteousness, and holiness. The same characteristics of God. And that's what it means to be created according to the image of God. People were good, their fruit was good. So that they could well, do well and live in obedience. And they were able to perform God's will, be able to be obedient to God. And God created them so that we could rightly know Him, love Him, and live with Him in eternal happiness to glorify and praise Him as kings and queens. And the threefold ministry of every believer and being a prophet, priest, and king was created in us. And we were called to know and proclaim God prophetically, loved Him priestly, and live royally together. And it all leads to the creations of human beings' purpose to praise Him and glorify Him. The reason why we were created, to glorify God. And this is the meaning and the purpose of life. The message of the book of Ecclesiastes, that everything is vain, that your life is in vain, that marriage, happiness, youth, age, wealth, prosperity, nothing in this world means anything. Nothing can bring happiness unless God. And the meaning of everything lies in the fact that God should be glorified. Ecclesiastes 3, then death will terrorize and baffles because it's, if it's without God, we have no purpose. And it started with Adam and Eve who chose to disobey God, not to glorify Him. They chose themselves, but not God. And from their disobedience, we are born and raised in sin. We confess that our corrupt human nature comes from the fall and disobedience of our first parents, Adam and Eve, in paradise. This fall has so poisoned our nature that we are born sinners, corrupted from conception. And this is our misery. We were created by God to glorify Him, live for ourselves, hate God, and hate our neighbor. Who is guilty of this sin? Those who do not acknowledge that there is a God. The fool says in his heart there is no God. Psalm 14 verse 1. But also those who know him. But do not glorify him. These are the people who were once church people. But they now live according to the world and its ways. And where the thorns and the weed of sin took over their lives. Also those who say they serve him, but not as God instructs according to his word. The liberal people of the world who will condone murder through abortion and sex before marriage, but without repentance. And they preach love, but not love of God and the love to their neighbor. Rather self-love, 
But there's even more bad news. In short, Paul says it's everywhere. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. And we also know the excuses why we can't serve the Lord as He wants and He instructs. And we are so creative. We inherited this from our first ancestors, Adam and Eve, in paradise. And in their excuses in Genesis 3, we should also see our own. Not Himself, but always. Someone else. Never ourselves. Verse 9, God called a man who he made head of the entire human race and was created with the sole purpose to glorify him. Where are you? And in verse 12, the man replied, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. And so to continue, Eve blamed the serpent. And we also tend to blame this, the deceivers, Satan, if we sin. And the temptation must have had a large influence on them, but a decision ultimately was from Adam and Eve themselves because they were able not to sin, to be obedient to God. They were equipped and created in God's image that enabled them to resist the devil's temptation. But Satan seduced them. Verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And in these words, everything started. The reason for death, the reason for hate, the reason for war, the reason for suffering, the reason for misery. And with this action, everything changed for the worse. All relationships between God and man, between man and man, between man and animal were now violated and distorted. Fall is deeply through the disobedience of Adam and Eve. People who were created to glorify God, disobeyed Him. Cause of all pain and sufferings. Wars, diseases. The disobedience of man against his better judgment. And from this, and we call this original sin, grew sinful thoughts, words and deeds of man. And man was guilty before God, deserved to be punished with the eternal punishment in body and soul. And so the Bible used descriptive words in both our passages and our confession to describe our depravity, the depravity of man. What's more, what the Bible says concerning the extent of our depravity applies to every individual. Paul leaves in Romans 3 no room for the notion that some people are more or less sinful than one another. He said, all are equally depraved. He asks and states in verses 9 to 10, are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. 
as it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. And Paul did not stop here. Not only must people admit to the fact of being depraved, but people must also admit the great depth of their depravity. Says Paul, people have to admit that their throat is an open grave, that they use their tongues to deceive, that a venom of asps is under their lips, and that their mouths is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood, and their paths are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. We're almost shocked. This is not me. I'm not like that. But Apostle says we are all like that. And if you read the papers today and you see how people are destroying one another, how they deceive, how they advocating for World War Free, and you see the hurt that is caused by the tongue, how people destroy one another. It's so deeply as man fallen that all he can do is speak evil, deceive, lie, threaten, curse, hurt, kill, and destroy. And man has lost any regard for God and his actions and thoughts reflected this. And in his depravity, he lost all free will. Belgic Confession Article 14 makes it very clear Therefore, we reject everything taught to the contrary concerning man's free will. Since man is nothing but a slave of sin and cannot do a thing unless it's given him from heaven. Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Before the fall, Adam, and in him all mankind did have free will to do good or evil. He could choose between two kingdoms. He had a free will to stay with God or cross the boundary between God's kingdom and Satan's and join Satan. And with the fall, Adam, and so we all, chose to join the kingdom of Satan. And as a result, Adam had free will only in a sense that he could choose certain courses of action without the boundaries of Satan's kingdom. The fall, Lord's Day 2 of the Heidelberg Catechism, caused that we now have the natural tendency to hate God and my neighbor. And we were slaves of sin. Unless it's given to him from heaven. That's God's grace, the good news. The Belgian Confession states, and this is a reference to John 3, verse 27, God didn't leave us in that state of depravity. And so our confession also asks in Lord's Day 3 of the heart of a catechism, but are we so corrupt that we are totally unable to do any good and inclined towards all evil? And the answer is yes, unless we are born again by the Spirit of God, Man felt so deeply that he was unable to do anything good, they climbed to all evil, and there was a miracle needed to save mankind. God gave that miracle. In his plan of salvation, God sent his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to bring his children from Satan's kingdom over the boundary back into God's kingdom. And it was all the Lord's work. God sent His Son to the cross for me. And in doing so, God 
reached into the depravity of sin and pulled me out. The great depth into which God had to reach spells out all the more the great extent of God's mercy and kindness in saving a wretched sinner like me. It was all God's doing. God's compassionate mercy he sent his son to die for our sins. And already in paradise, after the fall, he promised the Redeemer, Jesus, God said in Genesis 3 verse 15 to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. God already gave the promise of hope. The Messiah, the Christ, would come into this world and he would flee, uh, free us from the slavery of sin and the hold of Satan. And he did. Christ died for our sins. Satan's power was broken at the cross. Also the power of death. Our ultimate enemy, when Jesus is risen, and we are now busy with Easter. And the curse of sin was broken as well. Jesus was raised on the third day. With his crucifixion and resurrection, he earned for us the true and eternal life. And that's the good news. And God could give his spirit so that we can share in salvation through Jesus Christ and true faith. And if it happens, regeneration or rebirth takes place. God who works the miracle through his spirit. 1 Peter 1 verse 23, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. But a question today, was our will restored and God's image in us restored? Only partially, according to the confession. For those who don't believe in Christ, only partially, so that they can be judged according to God's righteousness. But for us, also partially, because we are conforming to God's will in Jesus Christ, growing. We confess in short, who can produce a single thought since he knows that we are not able to think a thing about ourselves, by ourselves, but that our ability is from God. And therefore what Apostle says ought rightly to stand fixed and firm. God works within us both the will and to do according to his good pleasure. For there's no understanding nor will conforming to God's understanding and, with, and will apart from Christ's involvement as he teaches us when he says, without me you can do. What does this mean? In his plan of salvation, God sent Christ to bring the elect from Satan's kingdom over the boundary back into God's kingdom. And those who have re returned to the kingdom of God, however, still do not receive free will. Sin still remains in them. And so the saved are dependent on God for his spirit to do any good. We should still remain in God. John 15, remain in Christ, Jesus said. Because we are now planted in a true faith in Jesus Christ. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This means that we can still fall into sin. We can still cross the boundary into Satan's kingdom. 
but God in His grace still holds on to His elect. He also gave His Spirit so that His Spirit works the repentance in us. That's God's grace. And the good that God's redeemed children do is not the result of our free will, but purely the result of God's work in us. And as a redeemed child of God, I must do good. But I have only the law to thank, not myself, for what he enables me to do in service to him is only by grace alone. And this is an ongoing process of being transformed by God. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, And we with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. This means to say that the Spirit's work of regeneration is an ongoing action, ongoing process in the course of our life. Lord's Day 33, question and answer 88 and 89, describe what conversion and dying of the old nature means. Explains it in terms of hating and fleeing from sin. Daily repentance. Conforming to the image of Christ. It's not until that final day that we will be totally restored to the image of God. When we read Genesis 3 and Romans 3 and Belgian Confession, Article 14, we should hear grace. We were guilty, but received God's grace, God who gave His mercy. We were guilty, deserved death, but God gave His Son. And the reconciliation of all our sins in His Son. What should we do? Continue to proclaim the glorious gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Proclaim that only in Jesus we can be saved. Proclaim that Jesus is the answer. Be serious in your devotions. Your life of faith. Be glad to come to the house of the Lord. And be assured that those believe, who believe in Christ will never fall from the Lord's hand. It's by grace alone that we were saved. Amen. Oh, Heavenly Father, we deserve nothing. None is righteous. And you gave us everything. Your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. It's by grace that we can be here this evening. By grace that we can hear your gospel. By grace that we are saved. By grace alone. In Christ alone. Not by our own doing. Father, we thank you that we can enter this festive period with these words of grace. With what you have done. And we confess, Lord, that we are sinners from conception. That we want to do good. But as the Apostle Paul says, evil always stands by. Therefore, you gave us your spirit so that we can flee from sin in our becoming 
to be more like our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless your people, bless your church, Lord, that we can proclaim the gospel of salvation. In Jesus' name we pray.